0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Santa H, and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater for today. Today is Monday, May 2nd, 2016. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 58, the second paragraph, beginning with our stories disclosed in a general way. Today's readers are the 12 steps Terry F. S. The Twelve Traditions, Nancy J. And reading the literature today are Terry H., Judy S., and Susie K. The share ID for Sunday, May 1st, our special edition meeting, speaker Christy M. from New Jersey, titled Steps to Emotional Recovery, is 8706. Terry F.S. F. to read the 12 steps, please.
1: Good morning, Santa. This is Terry F.S. F. Can you hear me okay? Perfect. Okay, thank you. And I am a recovering food addict. And the 12 steps. Number one, we admitted that we were powerless over food, that our lives have become unmanageable. Two,
0: And thank you, Terry F. F. I will now ask Nancy J to read the Twelve Traditions, please.
2: Good morning, Santa. This is Nancy J, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Twelve Traditions. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two. For our group purpose there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not cover, they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the du- desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, accepting matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Each group, has but one primary purpose to carry the message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. An OA group ought never to endorse, finance, or lend the OA, the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise as problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as, a, OA as such ought never to be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction. Rather than promotion, we need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass.
0: And thank you, Nancy J. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book, of Alcoholics Anonymous. Everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the Big Book on page 58, the second paragraph beginning with, our stories disclosed in a general way, reading three paragraphs ending, may you find him now. The first and second paragraphs for content and comments will be focused on the third paragraph read. I will now ask Terry H. to begin reading.
3: Good morning, Santa. Good morning, everyone. My name is Terry H., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maine. Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we're like now. If you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. At some of these we balked. We thought we could find an easier self to but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil no until we let go absolutely. Remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it is too much for us. But there is one who has all power, that one is God. May you find him now. And I'm um, so grateful to be at this this point in the, in the book, because um, step one, you know, I learned that I have a body that can't process certain foods and, um, you know, I have a mind that can't process reality. And step two, you know, I've come to the conclusion where I need power because if lack of power is my dilemma, then I need new power. So co- the conclusion for step two is that I need power and here we are at step three. It's the decision to, turn to this power, and I always think about, I, it's, I don't know, it always leads back to page 25, but, um, you know, just a good reminder that um, I get to find God now, and, you know, the cunning, you know, cunning means, you know, clever, crafty, baffling means confusing, frustrating, or uh, defeating, and um, I love to go back to page 25, you know, the page of hope, because it's going to be, it that remind to me. You know, it says there is a solution. You know, almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of shortcoming, which the process requires for its successful consummation. But we saw that it really worked in others and we had to come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we had been living it. When therefore we were approached by those whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools that laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven and we have been rocketed into the fourth dimension of existence of which we had not even dreamed. And I always, like that. I always think about the rocketed into the fourth dimension goes with this line... Um, you know, rocketed into the now. It says, um, but there is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. And I'm so grateful for this process. You know, um, I don't know where I'm going, but I do know that I'm going in the right direction. And step three is, you know, it's uh, the decision to continue with the rest of the steps. And um, I have to know my problem. You know, I have to know my solution and I have to have a plan of action. And step three is where that decision starts that I get to um, make that decision to continue with the rest of the steps, um, and with that I'll pass. Thank you. And thank you, very H.
0: And who would like to comment for approximately three minutes on that last paragraph that was read? Tina S. Hi, Tina.
4: Melissa C.
0: Hi, Melissa. Hi. Okay. Shoshana. Okay. K. Okay. K. Hi. Okay. Have Tina S, Melissa C, and Shoshana K. Good morning, Tina S.
1: Good morning, Santa. Sorry, I'm unmuting. Uh, Tina S.
5: Compulsive eater, anorexic in uh, Florida. Thanks for your service. Well, short paragraph but very powerful for me even today. You know, I, I I love what it talks about. Remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, and powerful. And on my own, you know, I've tried it for many many years and I got no place. You know, I was backsliding. And and it and I love what it, the reference, may you find him now. It tells us when and where. Now. Right here, right now. And um and for a long time. I thought it said that, uh, you know, that there was some place that I had to find this God and through this process, you know, what I know that is that I can start with the willingness and I can start right where I'm at, you know, and I, I, and I say this always and this is, you know, basically for me because I always think that I need to be someplace other than right here and right now and uh, the best result I get is more, when I'm where my feet are and, and I tell that to people too, you know, they'll be like off and next week or week after and I say, where are your feet, you know, right here, right now, I'm at, at my work, you know. You know, so what am I doing? You know, I need to be doing my job. And, um, you know, another thing before I pass is that, you know, I also love the next paragraph. I won't share about it. But, you know, I know today that this is, this is the deal that works for me. You know, and I know that Alcoholics Anonymous, Overeaters Anonymous, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, we don't have a monopoly on God. It may not work for you, but this works for me. So like, I, I think I'll stick around for a while. With that, I pass.
6: Thanks.
0: And thank you, Tina S. And good morning, Melissa C.
6: Hi.
4: Good morning, Sandra. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, when I think about cunning, baffling, powerful, um, we're talking about food. And, and, and like, this part, um, you know, it's personifying food. It's giving it... Um, personality, that it's cunning, how could something that's not alive, you know, be cunning, be smart and be tricky um, and baffling, you know, be puzzling and powerful? I mean, you know, for other people who don't have what I have, they can't imagine that food would have a personality, that we could be talking about something that's not alive as if it has all this power. And yet for me that is exactly the truth. You know, it's cunning, it's sneaky. You know, even um being in a recovered state, even, you know, the food is down, I'm abstinent. Life is great, or life is not great, you know, there is food. It's it's I I said before that it's for me it's like like a stalker. You know, and it's always looking for that opportunity to get in, you know. And sometimes it puts on, like, a really handsome, you know, a beautiful mask. Um, and so it can come in, um, you know, seemingly like my friend, you know. And other times it's like a ruthless monster, you know. and But underneath it all, um, you know, even when it's coming in looking friendly and kind, um, Food is not my friend. You know, it, it's only my nutrition. And when it's anything other than that, um, I'm in trouble, you know. And so I need, I need a power. I need something much greater um, to battle this, um, you know, seemingly innocuous thing. It's food we're talking about. I mean, sometimes it seems crazy that I'm placing all this emphasis on food, um, and yet that is the truth for me. You know, I need a power greater than myself so that food can remain food. Um, thank you. But that'll pass.
0: And thank you, Melissa C. Good morning, Shoshana Kay.
6: Shoshana, if you're speaking, we don't hear you.
7: Oh hi, sorry. I was unmuting Sansa. Thank you so much. Thank you everyone for being there. Shoshana Kay from Maryland. Gratefully on step nine, making amends, Um, I just wanted to comment on remember. It says, Remember that we deal with an alcohol, with alcohol cunning, which is food for us, cunning, baffling, and powerful. Um, So, as I'm working through these steps so gratefully, I love that word remember because sometimes when I'm caught up with what i'm doing in one step i i can forget to always relive steps one through three every day and know like how important it is to just keep working all the steps and um starting to work step ten And we just came from a holiday where there was a lot of food, and it was a beautiful holiday. And sometimes, even when things are really going well and I'm happy, I want to eat over the joy of it. And my absence has been really, really good with weighing and measuring. But over this holiday, it was so much food surrounding me that I, like, had thoughts and even some minor actions that i wasn't comfortable with in honesty and um it says at the very beginning of how it works in the first paragraph it says honest honesty and honest three times and so after the holiday i immediately called my sponsor and i was thinking well you know i need to re-get in touch with what's going on and talk this out with her and and get in touch with more quiet time and really find god now and i find that every time that i i feel dishonest about even a small thing i want to make it better and when i you know make an amends or work through that step better um i feel like that newness to finding god now and it's so beautiful and and i wouldn't have that awareness if it wasn't for this program and also for this meeting and so with that i'm so grateful I wish everybody a beautiful day, and I pass.
0: And thank you, Shoshana K. And one last call before moving on to the next paragraph we'd we'll like to share Minky. for questions. Hey, Renata. Lair. This is Larry. I heard Minky. Sarah W. Sarah W. Renata. And I heard Larry Sarah G. K. Renata G. Sarah G. Sarah G. Okay, I have Miki, I believe W, Sarah W, Larry K, Renata G, and Sarah Nessa G. R. Oh,
6: Nessa,
0: Nessa R. R.
8: Nessa R.
0: Okay, good morning, Miki.
8: W. Hi, good morning. It's Miki W calling from New York. We'll be here. Um, so this paragraph actually is uh, very hopeful for me because um, it talks about without help, it's too much for us. and. Um, I always thought that I could do it all by myself, I could do it all alone, I don't need anybody's help, I can uh, figure it out, if only I would do it this way, if only I would do it that way, then it'll just work itself out. Um, I can stay absent, I can have a great life, you know, the whole nine yards. And this sentence is so hopeful that without help, it's too much for me, without God's help, I cannot do this on my own. And thank you, God, that there is one who has all the power, and um, it's not me, it's God. And may you find him now. May is a prayer that um, I should find him now, and, you know, now is every single moment. Now is this minute, it's next minute, it's just one moment at a time, Um, and this is a day at a time program and a moment at a time program, and I'm just so grateful to be with all of you. Thanks, I pass.
0: And thank you, Miki W. And good morning, Sarah W.
9: Good morning, Santa. This is Sarah W. Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Grateful to be on the meeting today. Um, the thought that came to me about this paragraph is: we're in the second step still. We haven't entered into the third step. We're about to, but not quite. And the idea of restoration or finding that sanity um, is really what we're still talking about, and that's you know, the sanity has to come through that second step. Um, I really like to focus on my food addiction, but um, this meeting has been really important for me for the past three years. Um, I was diagnosed this past week with breast cancer, and hopefully it's been caught early, but, you know, I think life on life's terms is what this is talking about. And, um, you know... uh, something that I learned a long time ago was that we're as sick as our secrets and that you know part of this honesty has to be you know um, authenticity and um, you know I know for me my higher power uh, you know loves me in all my um, imperfection and that also those that really know me and that uh, are really there for me love me in that same way as best they can and as humanly possible. So um, today I'm very grateful that I know that I need the program, uh, that abstinence, um, and that food is food is not an option, that um, I, I really want to stay present, and that um, I'm just so grateful for... Uh, the beauty of what the program offers me it really does offer me sanity and with that I pass thank you
0: and thank you Sarah W and good morning Larry Kay
10: good morning Santa good morning Uh, Larry Kay recovered compulsive over-eater from Chicago Um, yeah this was um, this was just too much for me you know and and that's why I I really I, I really do that resonates with me that message you know um when i was i i, I didn't want to um it, you know towards the end there of my binging you know i really didn't want to uh to go out to the drive through anymore i was tired um i didn't want to go out you know to the to the local bakery literally the donut shop that was open 24 hours a day 7 days a week you know i i didn't want to go anymore but I felt compelled to go, you know, for me, I don't know about you, but for me towards the end, you know, um, it, it wasn't, it wasn't fun anymore. It was a necessity became a necessity, you know, and, and what was interesting too is they, they you know, the saying that hurt people hurt people. And uh, I continue, I was a hurt soul, you know, and I continued to go out and hurt people. And I didn't intend to hurt people. I wasn't a bad person. I was just a sick person trying to get well. And what I know today is that I, I needed God's help. Um, I needed God's help. I didn't know it at the time, and I probably would have debated you up and down, up and down, if that's not You know, I did not. (laughs) I say I did not come to Overeaters Anonymous to have a spiritual awakening. I can assure you of that. I came here because I was fat and I wanted to lose some weight, and I was just sick of my crazy life and so forth. And I thought, well, let me try this. It was really when I first came to OA. It was really no different than me trying anything else. I didn't know what I was getting into here. Thank God that um, that I did. I do believe for me, for me. I do believe I was led to this program. You know, um I do believe that that it was a, a a personality change, a spiritual awakening that was that I was about to embark on. That that that's what it that's what, what it was gonna take for me to stop those behaviors and it was by working through these steps, but it was way, way too much for me. And uh, you know, I, I wasn't the you know the, the, the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I wasn't uh you know, I could remember some things and I could I could you know I could comprehend some things, but I just didn't get this here. Nothing worked. And I needed God's help. And I and I'm very, very grateful that I that I found my higher power's help through these steps, through these actions. With that I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry Kay. Good morning, Renata G.
11: Hi, Santa. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Good morning, family. This is Renata G., Recovered Composable Reading, in New York. Very grateful for this program. Um, remember, we deal with food, cunning, baffling, powerful. You know, cunning, like it was said before, right? Highly skilled. You know, this my my ism, right? My composable reading always came to me in the nicest voice, with the most brilliant excuses why I should pick up that first flight after all, you know, you're going through this or you're going through that or that. That that didn't happen, so you have an excuse to eat, you know, and then baffling. Why was it so baffling? Why couldn't I figure it out? Why was it so confusing? Well, because I believed my mind that food was going to solve my problems, food was going to, make me feel better, food was my solution. And then every time I picked up the food, I triggered the allergy of my body and I couldn't stop eating. And then I was, you know, in a vicious cycle that kept me in turmoil and hopelessness and desperation, depression, isolation, all good things, right, that comes with this disease. And so, you know, and then it says, you know, without help is too much for us, right? That's my step one. I am powerless. I need to find power somewhere else because on my own, I'm doomed to live in that vicious cycle of believing what my mind tells me, picking up the food and being out of control, you know. And then it says, but there is one that has all power. That one is God. That's my step two, right? The solution came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. And what this is telling me this morning is that if I have a hard power that I don't believe is powerful enough to get me recovered, well, then I need to find a new power. Because, you know, I need a power that will restore me to sanity. I don't need to know what it is need a power that will be more powerful than anything else that, than my disease. And so, you know, may you find him now. How do I find my higher power until today? It hasn't changed. It starts here, but how do, you know, may you find him now. Every time I walk this step. that's when I have conscious contact with my higher power. That's how, you know, I allow my higher power to do for me what I can never do for myself. Because, you know, like it was mentioned, um, I still, you know, I only have two choices. It's either the disease or recovery. It's either the steps, you know, higher power or the food. There's no third door. So, you know, the way I can find my higher power right now is to, sorry. Um, All right, I'll pass. Thank you, Santa. Thank you, Renata, D.
0: And good morning, Sarah G.
12: My name is Sarah G. Compulsive reader, anorexic and bulimic. And thank you for your service, Santa. I really appreciate it. Um, I don't always talk on this line because I'm um, at work, but I love this uh, particular paragraph and all of the parts of Chapter 5 that we read at every one of our meetings. Um, What I was thinking about was definitely what I've already heard people share. Um, Being bulimic, I would get up in the morning. I'd be aching all over, body ache, headache. Um, But thinking that today, this very day, I was going to conquer this problem. I was going to be able to not binge and purge this very day. And I, of and and on my own, uh, cannot do that. I have proved it over and over and over again that this is not something I can do on my own will. Uh, I I am strong, willful. I'm a strong, willful person. But for the food, forget it. I am not strong enough to stop my binging and purging on my own. And when I came into the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous, I found um, I found a power greater than myself, which, um, you know, they, they, talk, they talk about in this paragraph as well. Um, I didn't call it God initially. I thought it was the power of the group. Uh, I heard many good things um, in the group. Uh, but ultimately, I have come to believe that, that my higher power is God uh it's taken a long time it's a long pro- it was a long process for me uh I did work the steps uh and I'm still working the steps and um I am really grateful for that process for that process that takes me beyond or out of myself and into um the arms of a power greater than me so that i can um, begin to uh work on my character defects, work on the things that I need need to work on. But um I I know that every day I have to uh um look at the things that are mine, uh pray the the you know I usually pray the third step prayer. Um and just ask for God to help me in today's in today's doings. And with that, I pass. And thank you again.
0: And thank you, Sarah G. And good morning, Nessa R.
6: Hi, good morning, Vision for You. My name is Nessa R. I Recover Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Canada. I think um, a lot of people before me, I also want to comment on without help, it is too much for us because the truth is that if I could have done it alone, I would have done it already. Um, you know, OA was not the first thing that I tried to control the food and manage my weight. Um, it was the last thing I tried after everything else failed. And this, um, this, this, very nicely with the, the sentence in the previous paragraph that, or the concept in the previous paragraph that said, you know, we had to let go of our old ideas, and the result was snail until we let go absolutely. Because um, an old idea that I that I held very very close that came from my family of origin is I should be able to solve all my problems. I I need to manage this thing by myself, and that became very plainly obvious that I couldn't do it because, you know, no matter how many um, diets and gym classes and therapists and everything that I I tried, um, my weight still ballooned to over 70 pounds um, overweight. And so it was clear that I couldn't manage my food. And it was also very clear to me that I couldn't manage my life. You know, in the pursuit of what I thought would make me happy, not only I became unhappy, more unhappy than I could have ever imagined, but I made those people around me miserable. Um, I couldn't manage my food. I couldn't manage my life. I couldn't manage other people's lives. And, you know, God knows that I tried. I tried and tried and tried and tried and tried until I just couldn't try anymore. And um, I gave up, you know. we got healthy. It's too much for us. You know, I'm, I'm making a mess out of things. You know, the way I'm thinking is getting me deeper and deeper and deeper into the hole and I need to stop digging because otherwise my bottom just keeps getting lower and lower and lower and so is the bottom for uh, the people around me, my loved ones, you know, oh my gosh, how much I made them suffer. Um, without helping is too much for us. I, 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 I just have to give up and I as I said, there must be a better way. There must be a better way and when I came into the room, I had no idea what I thought the program was, I didn't know what it entailed, but I just knew that I I was totally out of options and thank God that I was open-minded enough to to stay and listen um, because this is what has worked for me and uh, with that I pass. Thank you.
0: And thank you, Nessa R. Uh, We're going to move on to the next paragraph. If you're just joining us, we are on page 59. And I will now ask Judy S. if you'll begin reading that first paragraph, um, Half Measures Availed Us Nothing.
13: Good morning, Santa. This is Judy S. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from upstate New York. Half Measures Availed Us Nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. So um, this paragraph reminds me of uh, that if I just pick and choose what I want to do here in this program, it's not going to work. In fact, even doing it 50% still avails me nothing. And um, and I know that very clearly. Um, <clears throat> I have to work very, very hard at this program and be conscious and aware of, in each moment, if I'm working this program halfway. Or you know ninety percent and i and I don't do it a hundred percent. I can't work this this program perfectly um, but I know I can do better than fifty percent and um you know i I just have to always keep that in mind um and right here, you know we stood at the turning point, so it's like okay what are you going to do here? You know, this is right before we take step three. Are we going to, you know, ask for his protection and care with complete abandon? Or are we going to, you know, and then trust and have faith and believe or come to believe, at least like have a little inkling of belief that, yes, maybe this will work for me too. Um, You know, this is the turning point right here. This paragraph, we have to go say yes, I'm going to do it or no. I'm going to keep keep myself in the food. And, um and, you know, every day I have to make that decision. When I when I, you know, wake up in the morning, and I, I say the steps in my head, and it's like, we admitted we we're powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I'm still there. And then, you know, am I willing to make that decision today? Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God. And so it's, this is the turning point. This is, you know, where the, um, uh, you know, the crap hits the fan. I can't remember the other expression, but, you know, it's, you know, it's this or nothing. So uh, with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: And thank you, Judy S. And who would like to comment for approximately three minutes?
14: Charles H. Reva P.
0: Hey,
15: Charles. Hi, Reva. Lynn S. Suji.
0: Kelsey H. Lynn S. H. She Sue G? Suji. This is who I have.
15: I have Thank Charles
0: you. H. I have Reva P. Sue G. Lynn S and Chelsea H. Anyone
16: else? Okay, good morning, Charles. Good morning, Santa, Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater Just for today. You sound good up there. I'm, I'm acting like, this is a face-to-face meme. <laughs> Um, So we stood at the turning point. You know, before I even, you know, consistency trumps intensity. You know, I, I know a lot of people on fire, and then, you know, we go through the doctor opinion. They're a little lukewarm. They still a little, got a little fire. Um, you know, come to the conclusion. Don't ever become so recovered that you think you're cured. Abstinence and recovery is borrowed every single day, right? Um, we're still at the turning point. You know, I got to come to a conclusion, right, that I'm not going to McDonald's for a salad. I'm not going to Hunch Point on 42nd Street for wifey. I'm not. I had to come to that conclusion, right? Because this ain't no joke, man. Like, this is, this is life and death. People think, you know, I was at church yesterday and I gave out some newcomer packets, right? They don't know. They don't know, right? And I didn't ask for no money and 'cause that's not what we do. I order the stuff. I want them to, uh, to come in for them. I don't want nothing. This ain't no joke. You know, this ain't no, you know, like Larry K would say, toss salad. We stood at the turning point. You know, some people want to turn their food over when they want, and they want to call when they want, and they want to, you know, do what they want. If their ass on fire, then they're going to be, you know, intensified. But once you get a little ice on your, on your rump, then, you know, the intensity is gone. The consistency is gone, right? This is life and death. You know, we at the turning point right here, right here, right now, You know, none of us are cured. We got a daily reprieve, a a, a, a sentence from death. But this food is You know what? Food is not even the addiction. Dieting is the addiction, right? Dieting is the addiction. Because if you're not working the steps, you're dieting. I don't care who you are. Yeah, I'm going to make that prognosis. I ain't no doctor, but I stay in that doctor opinion. with that, I pass. Thanks.
0: And thank you, Charles H. Good morning, Reva P.
14: Good morning thank you this is reva p grateful recovered compulsive overeater in toronto um i love this paragraph um i have many turning points every single day every single day there's a turning point uh not so much with the food anymore but with the events of the day because things rarely go according to my agenda and i still have an agenda that i need to let go of every day so the turning point for me is when I'm faced with, um, as um, a fellow OA has pointed out to me, when I'm faced with a pile of reports and I just think it's impossible. It's impossible to get this done. That's my turning point. When I'm faced with um, a teenager who's having a bit of a tantrum um, and I want to jump in there um, and react that's my turning point point. and what do I do when I'm at these turning points where I just can't not do it the old way anymore I just cannot I know it's not going to work I know I'm in trouble I ask and that the grace of pausing um, has been huge in my life and I don't ask well I do ask I ask for it to be fixed I ask to feel better I ask for the problem to be solved but that's not what it says It says, I ask for protection and care, to be held, to be feeling safe and protected and cared for, even in the discomfort, even when I'm feeling sad, even when I'm feeling scared. Um, That's what I ask for. Um, I don't ask for everything to be fixed on the outside so I can feel better on the inside. And I also love complete abandon. And abandon is not resignation. It's not just, oh, well, whatever. It's, um, for me, the word abandon implies trust. And I think somebody um, gave me this story once, you know, like a child abandoned at the doorstep. There's a trust that there's a loving person behind that door who's going to pick up the child and love it to death and love it to bits. Um, and that's what I need when I'm so scared and anxious at my turning points gazillions of times a day. Um, and I'm grateful that I can know that I'm not supposed to do it and all I'm supposed to do is ask. With that, I pass. And thank you, Reva P. Good morning, Suji.
6: Good
17: morning. <laughs> thank you for your service. Um, this is Suji from Michigan, recovering, um, one day at a time. I have to remember that as I read this, that they used to present all the steps very quickly. So things flowed very quickly. And, um, when they said, may you find him now, and they roll right into half measures of Aldis, nothing, um, you know, we then they roll them right into the right into the steps and all the way through. So when we think of, you know, we get the spiritual experience after we've worked the steps. You know, he says maybe we find him now. We're already um, at the point where he's talking about program. He's already talked about God. He's already talked about everything. Um, it's shortened down for us in the book, but when they used to do it, I mean, it. I don't think it took them more than a couple of three hours, like Ebby with uh, with Bill. Um, so that's what I keep forgetting, is that all this is flowing very quickly. And it's almost like, to me it's almost like step three is there right on top of step two. Step two is right there on top of step one. And so um, I have to remember that half measures avail us is nothing. Um, and we ask for his care and protection um, with the, with complete abandon. Um, the way they would do it is they're already, you know, reading the steps to him right after that, and they're into step three right away. So I have a hard time separating some of this stuff and taking it as direct, well, this is step this, this is step this, um, in the beginning because it's it's all flowing together. And I don't know if I'm making myself clear, but with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: And thank you, Sue G. And good morning, Lynn S.
18: Good morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is Lynn S. from Toronto, Canada. Gratefully recovering compulsive This, I've been in program 17 years and probably in relapse for four before this particular paragraph ever meant anything more to me than just a paragraph in the book. And the sponsor that I was working with when I was in relapse kept pointing out these turning points. And this was all in the relationship to, you know, why did you binge this time or what happened this time? And and looking at turning points and things that had set off uh, the urge in me to pick up and sort of what had happened, and we would go back to these turning points and back to, well, this is where it happened and sort of this is where the spin happened and this this is where it got so bad, like there were multiple opportunities for me to stop and go go a different way, but I never did. I never did. I just kept going down this path. And, And that's how she started talking about turning points to me. But where it really made a difference in my life is now in abstinence looking through my day, noticing when somebody says something to me that I read as, you're accusing me of stealing your chair, or something doesn't go the way I think it should, or I'm supposed to be at the hospital, but I end up somewhere else. All of these things can be turning points for me where I have a choice now. I never had a choice before. The choice is... I can keep going the way that I've been going, which means I build up more steam and I keep going and the next thing you know I'm running under Lynn power and I'm really moving and I'm motoring along and I'm getting a lot done, or I can stand at this turning point right here, right now. The different way, the way in recovery for me is to ask God's protection and care with complete abandon and to stop for a moment. And I know we read it as we get further along, but this is the first time where I'm really hearing we stop for a moment. And it's not, what do we do? We analyze the situation a little more. We tell God what we want and ask him to help us, or we sit there and say, God, what's your will for me, or anything like that. It doesn't even say that. It doesn't get into any of that. What it says is, we asked his protection and care with complete abandon. This particular line has saved me so many times from going down the wrong path, from doing the same old behavior yet again. And I'm not talking about with the food and binging. I'm talking about emotional responses to situations that happen. And and it's such a paradox, too, in program, because I know we're supposed to, you know, get right in there and its action and work the steps and all that stuff, and that does happen. But this particular moment of pause, of going to God, developing that conscious contact, has helped in the program of recovery that that is working for me right now more than a number of other things. And for, with that, I'll pass.
0: And thank you, S. And good morning, Chelsea H.
15: Good morning, Santa. Thanks for your service. I'm Chelsea H. I'm a recovered compulsive eater living in the solution one day at a time. Okay, this for me here, this is now time for me to decide whether I turn to the solution or return back to the problem. And what, as I continue to study this, for me, it's the bridge part that will bridge me to the action part of the program. Do I go in that direction or do I go back to the food? And I love has been shared so far. None of this has anything to do with any actions as far as knowing who God is or having any conclusions or anything about what that will be. This is saying, I've realized from the work that I've done ahead that I'm finite. I'm fearful and I have finite self. Do I turn towards infinite power? I don't know what that will be, but do I have faith that it will work for me too? Because somebody is there in front of me in whom the problem has been solved. So all I have to do now, I've come to two conclusions. Now I need to make a decision on those conclusions to take action. And this is the bridge that will do that. It will bridge my understanding that I have an allergy of the body, obsession of the mind, the greater part of my disease, which the um, earlier reading we talk about, the mind. It says, remember, we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful. So it's dealing with it that's baffling to me. It's dealing with just the everyday things in life as was just shared too. This is all about me not having a recipe for living sane without turning to food for ease and comfort when things don't go my way or when I think things are going my way greatly or maybe I'm overexcited and I want to eat or drink to get some type of feeling or effect. And I have a mind that keeps telling me it's okay to do that even though it's killing me. So at this point of the work, the posture that I take is complete abandon. That means that I utterly give myself over with no inhibitions, with no lurking reservations, and I'm willing now to move forward with the rest of the work, taking action on those two conclusions that I came to. So this is the bridge for me. This is the bridge now. Will I go over it towards freedom, or will I return back to the food? Thanks for letting me share, and with that I pass.
0: And thank you, thank you so much Chelsea h And I will take these last three minutes and share on what was read. I can identify in so much with every what everyone has said to her today, and just as was shared earlier by a fellow, I definitely was not looking for a spiritual program. I felt I had that before I came into this program. I just wanted to lose 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 some weight and be on my way. And But this here, as I sit and listen this morning to you all share, and I'm sitting here thinking that line that stood out for me the most is, half measure the veil is nothing. And that reminds me of in step two where it says, God is everything, or God is, and what will your choice be? And so even today when I'm not hammering over and haggling about what I'm going to eat today and whether I'm going to go for that, that alcoholic substances today, that's not a choice for me. But I do have to make a decision um, each and every day in my terms of my thinking where I'm going to turn to. And so I'm just like other people face life challenges, and so I have to keep my focus off of the outcome. And I'm going to ask this power greater than me for its protection, for its protection, then I have to be willing to let go and be willing to trust. And whatever the outcome will be is is with my highest and best will. And so this is what this just reminds me of today. And um and I'm just so grateful for this reading. And
6: with that I, I pass. Um we do have two minutes left if one person wanna
2: share. If not, we'll move on to closing.
0: Okay, thank you to everyone who has shared today. Please join us for the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164 with the serenity prayer. And I will now ask Susie Kaye to read A Vision for You, Our Book is Meant to Be
8: Suggestive Only, please. Good morning, Chantal. This is Susie Kaye, Recovered Compulsive Leader in Maine. Our book is meant to be suggestive only.